You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. There's no football to watch while we're doing this tonight. I'm going to be bored. <laughs> Waiting for TJ. Oh. Welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Boy, I'm problematic. Out of my left earbud. Yeah, getting off to a banging start here. Though. Joining me, as always, Step ends. Dollar Bill Day. Yeah. I touch myself. Mm. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I touch myself. And Timmy C. Goo, goo, goo. Dave is awesome, and he got a new hat, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Are you drunk, yes or no? And it's marked on the right-hand side for both. Time moment draws get my panties wet. I love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different occasions. Butt wipe? You don't talk about butt wipe anymore? No. I'm not, I'm not seven. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so... We're actually going to get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome. Pow! Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, as you can see with your eyes now, TJ Stevens. Step in. Joining me, as always, Dollar Bill Dave. I'm back, bitches. That's right. Fresh off his December loss in box score trivia, because he did not show up for Starcade 88. And the winner, Timmy C's here. Pow, 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 no, pow. I won, because I totally smashed him in the car this morning as I was listening to the show. I, I've so. done that to chicks before. Smashed, smashed your fingers in a car door. That's about it. That's why I they're all crooked. My, my fingers got smashed in the, in the car as well. <laughs> but I, I did, Tim. I have talked to the championship committee about your December win, and is only Anderson on that? That old fuck. Yes, the decision came down. You have been disqualified because you called Nolan Ryan over a the top rope. No, because you called Nolan Ryan a stat compiler. He is. Therefore, you are ill and eligible. Dave wins December box score trivia. What is ill and eligible? Illegible. I'm illegible. You're you in not read my eligible, writing. and I am illegible. <laughs> but uh, my style is superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You're, it's good to see you're taking the loss well. Uh, you know what you should do to take this loss well is you should follow us on Twitter at FF Popcast on Instagram. We're doing stuff there now. We just did a live show. Actually, Starcade 88 was live on Instagram, which, by the way, between us, right, us three and the people listening to the show, that was our biggest live show ever. And that includes Shamrock and Nick Aldis. That was it. That was the biggest one. Well, we're way more entertaining than those guys, so. That's true. Um, And, of course, follow our Patreon network on Twitter at FilterFreeNet. But they go there, Timmy. The, the website is www.patreon.com forward slash filter free. What do we have available for them? Well, you would get legends. Let's rethink this football is getting paid with Tim and Dave, which is now ended because Dave doesn't watch football. Because, yeah, we're back. We can Florida do this State, week. his Florida State <laughs> seamen were. We can do, uh, we can do this weekend's games. Well, my season ended last weekend. So, I mean, mm. my team's the, still in it. The Bengals 
I the, remember episode one, you said the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl. All right. You, you said the could not have accounted for Burrow's and hand. You said falling the off. Bears were going to win their division and make a run. You know what's fun though? They still the, they, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. The Bears are still in the hunt. Yeah, they have a a one percent chance. They have for three weeks now. Have you seen the NFC South? There's a real good chance they'll all lose and they're playing each other. They they might <laughs> they might let the Bears win the NFC South. If the Bengals were in the they NFC, the, the Bucks Bengals already beat the, the Bears. NFC West, they mm. would have won the division already. The Bucks already have the tiebreaker over the Bears. It's true. What is that? The no, they beat us. They played us when we were still terrible last week. No, it was early. No. What are the Bears going to do with their number one pick? Oh God! Like they're in the honey hole. They should be so good next year. Um, they get what two of the top three? No, the Bears I think are number five right now. Their actual pick I think is number five. So they're one in five. One they in get five. two of the top five. They're guaranteed number five or number. I'm sorry, number one. Yeah. If I'm the Bears, because I trade it. Yes, because the talk of the town and Fields has been playing his ass off the last few weeks. And he just looked great against Atlanta. But I'm trading that, but I'm keeping that pick still in the top four because I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. And then whoever the first available offensive lineman is, I'm taking them also. Just give me give me the tight end from Georgia. I hope he falls to us. Uh, what's his name? Damn it. Dave, you should know this. I wasn't paying attention. The 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 tight end from Georgia that was hurt and came back. Brock Bowers. Yes, I want him. I want him so bad. Because we're losing T. Higgins, so we're going to lose our big body. I I want him so bad. Do you not have tight ends? You need a quarterback that's not made out of freaking glass. Yeah. Oh, bitch-ass Burrow. Ruined my damn fantasy season. <laughs> Wait, I am in the uh, third-place game, and I'm crushing – the guy I'm playing heading into this week. I stopped playing fantasy. My season ended four. last week. My season ended last week. I had to find a quarterback because I didn't trust Geno Smith. That's I went out plan. and got Jordan Love. That's a good I plan. Had, I had to play against. So I was down 16 points going into the last game. I had Jordan Love and he had Aaron Jones. I won 118 to 116. Wow. I had a. I had like a. 12% chance going into the game to win. So the Bears will be in the playoffs next week. I know Just that. Like I 12, said. 12%. In uh, round one of the third place game, I had Harrison Butker, who put up 22 because he made 29 <laughs> field goals against, of the, for the Chiefs. I also had the Bills defense, who scored th- had three picks and scored a touchdown. You know how game. disappointed I would fucking be if I had drafted – Josh Allen is my fantasy quarterback. Have you seen his past numbers? He's my fantasy quarterback. He's 74 yards, 82 yards. Did, did I mention I'm in the third place game? Exactly. You could have. Yeah, and the only reason why I'm not in the title game is because I played Hollywood Brown and he goose egged me. Why would you do that? I've played him all year. He's been pretty He's consistent. terrible. He's been Who? pretty consistent. Hollywood Brown from Arizona. Been consistently bad. So um, Connor for Arizona got me all my points. Him and Jordan James, James Connor, yeah, Connor, James Connor, John Connor. All right, so um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, please. Since this is sort of a wrestling podcast, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a week ago now as this comes out. But yes, I I, it doesn't matter. Well, it you're right. I, I, I don't think a story is going to top this one. So let's talk about NDAs. No, not Vince McMahon. Actually, another story has come out the top, but please. Oh, well, we can talk that next. Well, I, it's, I don't know that I've heard that. It's it's what you're going to talk about, but the specifics. So, so you start. Okay. Well, yeah, I know apparently it wasn't Kylie Ray, which I heard. But Chris Jericho, which I totally believe this, sexually harassed somebody. Allegedly. Which, which allegedly. I talk, no, uh, definitely allegedly. Mm. Um, and then the definitely allegedly cokehead promoter of AEW goes to the media scrum afterwards knowing someone is going to ask him about that. And what's he do? The asshat wears a wig and fake glasses. And yes, I know I'm wearing sunglasses right now, but no one's going to ask me about sexual harassment. That's true. What are you doing? So I would love to say this was a shock. I'm not shocked. it It wasn't. It's pretty on par. Uh, the, me- the motherfucker can't tie his shoes. I I think what we're witnessing, because f- fathom this for a minute. We are less than three months out from CM Punk being fired. Correct. That was, that was less than three months ago. Then he goes to Survivor Series and lights the WWE on fire. He got fired in October. Oh, well. The fight happened in September. Right. Um, remember, August. we were at Starcast when it happened. We actually we were recording our AWA or our UWF show with Efren, who farted in a microphone. Um, and so that happened. He goes to WWE, lights the world on fire. And now, where has, for one, and I, I mean, I'm not being dismissive. I mean this. Has, jo- has Jack Perry been back on TV? No. Okay. So he's still MIA. Yep. And now this comes out again. People came to the assumption when Nick Houseman announced it that it was Kylie Ray because it's wrong. It's wrong because of the time frame and when, who and what. But he never said it. So now people are saying he's backtracking on the story when he's not. He's just saying, I didn't say it was Kylie Ray. You guys did. Right. And again, like you said, Timmy, totally believe it because now there are other. Again, whether or not you can believe them all is yet to be seen, but we're hearing other stories of things like this going on. And Tony Khan comes out dressed like he's getting ready to do the Humpty Dance. And what I think we're watching right now in front of us. The end of the world? Is the end of AEW. They might limp along for another year. They'll limp along. He's got too much money. Well, you got to remember, too, their TV rights deal is coming up. And like I said before, he will get AEW on a TV channel, whether it's it, it's Axis popular or something stupid. He'll get them on that channel. Like he's he's the modern day Herb Abrams, but his shit's a lot more popular than Herb's was. He'll yeah. get his he'll get his show on a channel, but it's gonna his show's gonna dwindle, and it's unless he starts making some money, Daddy ain't gonna be signing these checks forever. But unless he starts, I bet he would. Unless Uh, he starts, maybe he will because he ain't losing billions. No, unless he starts making definitive personnel decisions, 
and actually, I don't know, running a locker room the way it should be? Well, he's a child, so that's not going to happen. The problem is, is he wants to be the booker and the head of everything. He needs to let people that actually know what the fuck they're doing mm-hmm. do it and have some direction in your company and have some leadership in your company and put people in their place and be like, no, how about don't go out there and stab yourself in the eye with a fork? That's stupid. You know, you, Triple H is very professional when he does these press releases and press scrums, yeah. shit after all the events. He's not hugging on everybody and knob gobbling on somebody. No, he's just, he tells you the shit, answers a couple questions and goes on his way. Be professional. Oh, I mean, that's the main like thing. Like an actual press conference should be. Yeah. Be professional, man. I mean, yeah, I get it. Tony Storm put her hat and wig, wig and sunglasses on you. But you had to know what was coming. You have to. They they right. literally chanted NDA at Jericho during the show. Yes. You knew what was coming. And if you have to, and you're you're playing a little bit right there with Tony, you immediately take it off and have a serious tone when you're talking. And this comes from me. I'm about the most unprofessional fucker in the world. That's absolutely true. That, that is, yes, verified. So just it, at, at some point, he needs somebody to reel him in. Kind of like what we had said past years with WWE, what the problem was. They need somebody to reel Vince in mm-hmm. and get him up on the times. But not, I mean, like, look, what Vince did was shitty. But he was at least trying to professionally cover it up. Tony Khan's just out there in a wig and sunglasses going, nope, didn't happen. No, no I'm, I'm saying, I'm about. saying, I'm saying Vince McMahon in terms of the product he was putting on uh, TV. Running a business, know. right. But, but this needs to be said too, because I've seen this argument a lot and you guys, it's, it's tiresome. Can we stop this? Anytime something bad happens in AEW, what is the counter argument? But yeah. Vince, yeah, Vince yeah. did it. Vince did all these things. We Vince know ain't that there now. Vince is not there now. Why? Well, let's. What was it? A year and a half ago, Vince initially left for a little bit before the Endeavor deal. Yeah. Why did that happen? Because the fans literally chased him out of there. So well, don't sit here and pretend like we were quiet when Vince McMahon did it. But now, because it's an AEW, we're loud. That's not true. But here's the thing: what Vince was doing was killing the business because. It was just fucking boring. What Tony Khan no, I, is I doing, mean, it's it like he's legit putting people in danger. Did you see Edge flip that little kid off the onto the flaming table and completely miss it? But yet AEW, that was his response to AEW has a very has the highest the safe safety record. Yes, in professional wrestling. For one, how do you quantify that? What is that Matt mean? Hardy about that safety record? Oh, geez. I'll take SCW over them any day in terms Absolutely. of safety. They're not putting people through flaming doors and missing shit. And but again, I, like, the, dude, missed the table. The the argument of well, Vince raped all was we know. Yeah, he's a shitbag. We agree, Vince McMahon shitbag. It's not okay, definitely. And if Allegedly. the stories are true about Jericho, it's not okay for him either. And why is this hard? And. To be fair, we we've kind of seen Jericho at a meet and greet. I totally believe he did it. I totally, totally believe it. 
He he is a slick son of a bitch. Like imagine how he dresses to the ring every day on TV. That's how he dresses all the time. Yeah. No shirt, scarf, leather. Getting clothes. in a hot tub, just <laughs> all all that stuff. I'm Remember like, why are there sequins floating next? Remember when we came off the bus life. to go back to the air, or got on the bus to go back to the airport? He came out clearly hadn't slept the night before, still painted like Danhausen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's tremendous. But yeah, I mean, if this is true, which again, Tony Khan had the chance to say definitively that didn't happen, didn't. No comment. Chris Jericho has had the opportunity to definitively say that didn't happen. He hasn't. So again, I say this with a big, a, a, a big asterisk. If this happened, I mean this. This is going to be the end of Jericho. Eh, end of Jericho's coming anyway. And you know, and, and one thing too, if you're if you're edging Christian, what are you, what are you thinking right now? Like Jesus, we left. For this, and just thinking, Jesus Christ almost killed that kid. <laughs> well, that's true, but he's got great insurance. So, I mean, according to he's, Tony he's Tom, like, my neck's all jacked up. Let me see if I can do it to this nineteen-year-old kid. Let me show you what it's like. Anything else we need to? Some uh, of these guys have to be kicking themselves. What about FTR? They resigned just before Punk got fired. Not, not, John, not John Moxley. John Moxley loved they let him. Well, he, John Moxley's the only one. I, Did you? <laughs> he's, he's like happy as a pig in shit. I don't know about like, Daniel Bryan because they made it. Daniel Bryan in charge of shit. The he's the head of the disciplinary. What? Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> but did you guys? Did the you, guy with brain damage. Yeah, that, yeah. that checks out. <laughs> I, I saw the clip. I saw a clip just before we started recording tonight of John Moxley wrestling wherever it is he just wrestled. I don't know. I didn't pay attention that closely. And they were interviewing like how he fought for some championship. I don't remember which one it was. And they're like, how do you feel? Like, what would this championship would have meant to you had you won it? And he got the name wrong and then listed three more championships. And he said, whatever fucking championship, I can't remember which one it was. There's like 32 of them. So he he may not be as happy as he's letting on. Tell me. He's... He, 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 no, I'm not. I'm not even going to say that because that's too far. But I mean, you think Keith Lee and kicking himself? Well, he can't. He's too fat. I mean, he was. They were setting him up for Brock Lesnar, and he left because he got hurt. You know and what? Now, I would like to hear. I would like to hear the conversations in the WWE locker room between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins talking about John Moxley. <laughs> he he could have been a damn king. And he's over there just cutting the shit out of himself. Sticking mm-hmm. sticking skewers in his head. Like, MGF, MJF and Wardlow have just got to be like, oh, my, how much longer do I have? I just have to. I just have When to MJF's, unless he's re-signed, he's up soon, isn't he? I think he signed a one-year deal. I still think Tony Khan's going to throw the bank at MJF to make sure he doesn't leave. I WWE's not going to pay him what Tony Khan will. Well, they, I, I disagree. Reasonable with money. I did, well, they don't no, have to. WWE doesn't have to. I still think they will. Well, Tony Khan is offering that dude million is money. WWE is not going to offer MJF even remotely close to what Tony Khan will. True, mm. because WWE does not need MJF. But I, I think MJF's at the point he that he wants to. Okay, I need to. 
Don't I, forget that MJF and Cody are very good friends. And no. I think MJF's to the point where he can see what's going on and is like, you know what? Might be worth that pay cut to come over here and prove myself. And then I make the real money. Because yeah. it, it, it's it's unfortunate because imagine if Cody finishes the story of WrestleMania and then bam, he gets attacked by a debuting MJF. People will lose their shit. And AEW like, fans would literally they'd burn the building down. Whatever building they were in well, at the time, yeah. they'd burn them. <laughs> Whatever shack they're hanging out in, but all 12 of them would just burn and, it and, down. And again, we have to preface this every time we have these conversations. We don't want to pick on AEW. We want AEW to be good. We want them to be successful. They make it easy because they hey, do dumb shit all the time. Team. I'm going. But yeah, they I'm do. Sure. Just they, they get better. They can't. They take two steps forward and then they trip over their own dick and they have to start over again. <laughs> they they are literally the only place that takes two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah, I can't. I can't one, believe baby. how excited I was when AEW got announced. Right. We were and how there. Dis- and how disappointed I am. Yeah. At just how lackluster it has been. Ricky Sarks is just was just at the dungeon training. He's gone when his well, deal's up. Well, we kind of knew, knew that. I mean, we did, yes. Anything else we need to uh, go over before we... Uh... No, we're already a half hour in. <laughs> Let's see if we can't do our own show. All right. Timmy. It's always sex night at Dave's house. I'm coming to... <laughs> I'm coming to Dave's house. Timmy, put your hand you on that button. Sex with Dave? Yes, absolutely. Look at him. Because <laughs> this week, we're going back to. That could not be better. January 11th, 1993. Another Dave pick. We're going to watch the first ever Monday Night Raw. At least it was on the network and not on YouTube. Well, that's next week. Just wait. However, before we get to that show, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. Let's run- Next week, we're watching IWCCW from November 13th, 1956. Whoa. <laughs> it's not even on YouTube. We have to watch that in like the old nine millimeter. We'll be watching it on stone. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. First up, stories that missed the cut. January 1st, it's bowl season as number six Syracuse, number six Syracuse. Let me, let me repeat that. Uh-huh. Beats number 10 Colorado in the Fiesta Bowl, 26-22. Number three, Florida State beats oh. Nebraska, 27-14 in the Orange Bowl. Oh. Number, number two, Alabama beats the doors off of number one, Miami, 34-13 in the Sugar Bowl. And number seven, Michigan beats number nine, Washington, 38-31. It's too bad Michigan didn't beat Washington this year. I, I, I got, I got to be with Dave here. I haven't watched a single bowl game, but it's not because of the reasons he hasn't. I just don't care. Nobody plays in them. I watch because of gambling. Hmm. January fourth, we have the seventh largest wrestling crowd ever together as they watch the third WCW New Japan Super Show, and they draw sixty three thousand five hundred people. That's not from anybody WCW was pushing out over there. That's for sure. Great Muda. I believe WCW in 1990 was bad. I think Rude was on the. Actually, I believe this 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 might have been the show Rude got hurt. 
I might have Dave, Dave completely Rude wrong. Wrestled, okay. Rude, Rude might have gotten hurt here, but this wasn't the end of his career. Right. But I think this is where he got hurt. I have to look that up. Because I'm Jeff. watching WCW right now, 93. It's trash? Yeah, it's bad. But Bob Cook's been on it. He throws a hell of a punch. Firebreaker chip. <laughs> <laughs> they have the wrecking crew. The wrecking crew. Rage and mustache or something like that. Right. <laughs> <Ray. laughs> Mustachio. Somebody's wrestling name needs to be Mustache Tomorrow. <laughs> it's Rage and Fury. Not Don't listen, Tony Khan. You'll do it. Don't do Not it. Not you. Rick Boogs is going to debut his mustache January 5th. <laughs> they've, already, they've already renamed Luchasaurus Kill Switch. Yeah, that's true. January 5th, Reggie Jackson's elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Once again, didn't kill Queen Elizabeth. That's he made true. That very clear. He admitted it. January 6th, jazz legend De- Dizzy Gillespie dies of cancer at age 75. Who's she? <laughs> <laughs> also on January 6th, bassist Bill Wyman announces he's leaving the Beatles. What? Beetle Bill. Oh, Beetle Bill. <laughs> what is Bill that? Wyman Le- is leaving the Beatles. Did I write down the wrong band? I'm pretty sure you did. Bill, well, yeah. it's he Beetle. Was not one of the Beatles. Beetle Bill. Remember, it used to be in the newspaper. It's the guy with his hat Bill. over his hand. It's Beetle over. Bailey. <laughs> oh, I, I put the Beatles. I meant to say the Rolling Stones. Very similar. They're very similar. They're both British. What? A Beetle. A rock. I remember Mick They're Jagger fronting the Beatles that one time. Everyone does. Great. I ever tell you about that story when I met Mick Jagger? Shut up. <laughs> January 8th, Michael Jordan scores 35 points in a Chicago Bulls win, 120 to 95 over the Bucks. This makes him the second fastest player ever to reach 20,000 points. Actually finished the game with 20,000 on the nose. Accomplishing this feat in his 620th game, only a season and a half, 121 games behind Wilt Chamberlain. But Michael's still several dozens of women behind Wilt, though. I think he's okay with that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe. I'd be okay just being a few dozen behind him. You're a million behind him. Well, how much is it? How, define a few. <laughs> I said several dozen. Several said a dozen few, thousand. A few dozen? Uh, 12, 13 dozen. It, it a dozen matter. dozen. It's Because we've, we've covered that story before. Will Chamberlain, how many women he's just banged There's across no the way his number's accurate. No, but just to think like... You know what? So Even if his number's not accurate, I would still be okay just being a few dozen behind him. But you would... What if he's at 12? <laughs> he's not at 12. Well, I guess I'm going to be a monk. He's probably got that many kids. <laughs> mm. January 12th, Ruth Brown Cream, CCR, The Doors, Van Morrison, and Dick Clark head into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in their eighth induction class. Don't forget or- Bill Wyman of the Beatles. Mm. Cream? Is that Eric a white rapper? On top. Eric Clapton's first band, Cream. Is that a white rapper? Cream? Cream, get on top. No, it's Eric Clapton, uh, you know, the guy that may or may not. White really, room, black color curtain. Really, really like white people. Well, he was in a white room with black curtains. In a white room with a black curtains. I don't, I don't even know that. That's, that's a song. Oh. It's uh, I'm here for certain. (laughs) January 12th, in a story Timmy shit on a couple weeks ago, Mary Lemieux of the Pittsburgh Penguins is diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, It's pronounced Lemux. 
The yucks. <laughs> Told you he should have got cancer. You're a dick. Ouch. You're a real dick. January you need 14th. it. Come on. That's January 14th. Ew. Ouch. Mark Eaton of the Utah Jazz records his 3,000th career block in a 96-89 win over the Supersonics, making him the second player all-time to do so. The other, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Only 17,000 more blocks, and he'd had as many points as Michael Jordan. That's true. What was he eating? <laughs> Timmy's on it today. January 17th. The Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 29-10 to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys beat the 49ers 30-20 to to do the same. More on this in a little bit. More on. Actually, no, we don't talk about the Super Bowl because it was a, a disaster. But we'll get to it in Stories in the Wheelhouse. Yeah. Actually, I bring it up in Stories of Mr. Cut, I'm pretty sure. That's I'm what pretty I meant. sure I bring it up. Yeah. Too. Yeah. January 20th, Bill Clinton's inaugurated as the 42nd President of the United States. Boy, don't envy him right about now. No, I would not. I certainly would not. January 23rd, set of a woman cleans house at the 50th Golden Globes. Is that a horse race? Scent of a woman? Scent of a woman? Sounds like a horse. Sounds like a great horse name. No, that's where you go in Seattle. That's where you go in Seattle and they throw the fish. So, uh, (laughs) See, if I was going to make uh, buy a racehorse and name it after that movie, I would call it Cinnamon Woman. Cinnamon woman. There you go. He gets Stay it. away from me. Of course, I name it. Oh fuck! <laughs> We're on the track. Oh fuck! Takes the lead. <laughs> All right. I hope you stub your pinky toe. And if he gets old, he's like, "Look at that old fuck." Mm. And you know what? I do like that in retrospect. Yes. January twenty third, Newsday reports that Oregon Senator Bob Packwood has sexually harassed twenty three different women. How could you not see that coming? His Pack last Wood. name is Packwood. His last name is Packwood. Mm. Boy, January 24th, Thurgood Marshall, not nearly as big an asshole as Bob Packwood. First African-American Supreme Court justice passed away at the age of 84. Good man. I saw his, uh, his gravesite at Arlington National Cemetery when mm. I was there a couple years ago. If you've never been to Arlington National Cemetery, by the way, you have to go. It is amazing. It melts your brain. I'd go for JFK. Saint it. Eternal mm-hmm. flame. Yep. January 31st, the Cowboys mop up the floor with the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl 52 to 17. This is still tied for third for biggest Super Bowl blowouts. I was so heartbroken. Third Here's in a row. Little early box score trivia. This is tied for third. Do you know the other three games that are tied with it or above it? Uh San Francisco and San Diego. That was number two. Well, I'm just guessing by the halftime score, that time the Falcons played the Patriots. No. And no. the uh, they were about 28 at halftime. Surely 25. Like- Denver and Seattle. Denver, Seattle. So this was, uh, what is this, 35 points? Denver and Seattle, they went by 36? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. But the, the Chicago fr- Cardinals. No. You're already kicked out of box score trivia because you're in the Waukegan Myers helmet Bears Patriots Super Bowl 20 46 10. And then it was the other one was Denver and San Francisco, Denver and Seattle. Oh, it was Denver, San Francisco. It was Montana. Oh, he, yeah, Denver, he literally Seattle. just answered it and you tried to give another. No, answer. no. <laughs> it's not that one. 
I but I, I, yeah, Montana and Elway. That was Elway's first Super Bowl, and they got I, murdered. I think you're right, though, because I believe that Manning Super Bowl with Seattle was 43 to seven, if I remember it was, right. It was brutal. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the first play of the game was a, was a fumble because uh, my post on Facebook got deleted off Facebook because Weird. that was the same day that uh, Florida State Seminole legend shit. What's his name? Died. He died of a hair transfer. Pearl. He was in the um. Hunger Diesel. Games. Hold on, pause. The Hunger Games. Yeah, what's his name? Are you a teenage girl? <laughs> <laughs> it was the same day Philip Seymour Hoffman died. Oh, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. All right, wait, and stop. I wrote Jay, on Twitter. No, stop, stop. Of all the movies. <laughs> You could have picked Philip Seymour Hoffman out of you go, he was in the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> what? So he died of a heroin overdose. And I wrote on Facebook, I'm so glad Philip Seymour Hoffman didn't live to see this. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. By the way, do not. Here we go. Stories in the wheelhouse, January 3rd, before getting completely murdered in the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills proved that Florida State should have been in the college football playoff yes. as, they have, as they have the biggest comeback <laughs> in NFL history, and they did it in the wild card game against Warren Moon and the Oilers. And you may be asking yourself, what possible correlation does this game have with Florida State in the college football playoff? Well, they were allegedly disqualified for being on their back on quarterback when this game was pulled off, not by Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, but backup quarterback Frank Reich. Earlier in Reich's collegiate career, he led the Maryland Terrapins back from a 31 to nothing deficit against the Miami Hurricanes after starting quarterback Stan Gelbaugh was injured. So Reich literally makes Florida State's case twice. Two times. This little, was the inst- little known fact. He was actually the third Reich in the family. <sighs> You're on thin ice, buddy. This was the NCAA record until Michigan State stormed back to beat Northwestern in 2006. Here in 1993, Reich took over for the Bills just the week before as the Bills played the Oilers and starting quarterback Jim Kelly strained some ligaments in his knee. In that game, Houston won 27-3. In the first half of this wildcard game, Warren Moon went 19 of 22 for 218 yards and four touchdowns. The Oilers looked unstoppable, and the Bills looked like they didn't even show up. During halftime, this is my favorite thing I've ever heard, defensive coordinator of the Bills, Walt Corey, Began yelling at the players the same thing as the fans were yelling at him. That's tremendous. <laughs> then the second half started. One minute and 41 seconds into the second half, the halftime deficit of 28 to 3 grew larger as right through a pass that bounced off the hands of tight end Keith McKellar and was intercepted and returned 58 yards for a touchdown by Oilers defensive back Bubba McDowell. Loved him in Police Academy. <laughs> That's Bubba Hightower. No, it was Hightower. It was Bubba Smith. Oh, Bubba Smith. <laughs> to make matters worse, I was right. star running back Thurman Thomas had to leave the game due to a hip injury on that drive. Fat ass Thurman Thomas. I will karate chop you in the left groin. <laughs> who is who did the left groin? Who is their backup? <laughs> Kenneth Davis? Uh, No, I got, yeah, Kenneth Davis. Yeah. Eric Davis. Buffalo was able to take advantage of a bad kickoff on its next possession as the wind blew the ball off the tee right as the kicker was kicking it. 
So it just squibbed right down the field. They need a dome in Buffalo. No, they don't. Wright drove the Bills offense 50 yards in 10 plays, finally finding the end zone on a one-yard pass to backup running back Kenneth Davis. Nah, there we go. After the touchdown, Buffalo kicker Steve Christie recovered his own kickoff in a play that was not planned to be an onside kick due to the wind again. Yeah, they don't need a dome. No, they don't. Buffalo would then score four plays later when Wright connected with wide receiver Don Beebe on a 38-yard pass. Remember when he used to have that pad on top of his helmet? And he looked like he an alien. Pew, 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 pew. Don Beebe and Jesse Sapalo had one, too. I remember that. After a ferocious third quarter that saw Buffalo score 28 points, the game momentum had completely swung in Buffalo's favor. Buffalo would actually go and take the lead in the fourth quarter before giving up the game-tying field goal that ultimately forced the game into overtime. Hold on, time out, Timmy, before you go. Dave, <laughs> I just glossed over your notes. Dave left us with the cliffhanger. And yeah, Timmy didn't. As the game goes into overtime, and Timmy's like, fuck that. I'm going to talk about Jeff Saturday. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my notes were in first. Uh, Houston, Houston won the coin toss in overtime, had to punt. Buffalo went right down the field, kicked a field goal, and history was made. 41 38. Yep. Buffalo Bills. Well, that works out because we're going to talk about that same field goal kicker. After retiring as a player, Wright began an NFL coaching career, holding assistant positions from 2008 to 2017. He was the offensive. Yes, he was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when they won their first Super Bowl title in Super Bowl LII or 52. Mm. He later served as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts from 2018 to 2022 and guided the team to two playoff appearances, although he didn't do a whole lot. After making Andrew Luck quit football, his career began to spiral, looking for any old washed-up has-been or never was to take the helm. Jacoby Brissett in 2019, Philip Rivers in 2020, Carson Wentz the statue in 2021, and Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger in 2022. What are you doing? And he was fired, so Jeff Saturday could to- coach the team. How'd that work out? Not great. They won a game with him. They did one, the first one. Yeah. Speaking of winning one game. He was the Panthers head coach in 2023 before being fired before the end of the season after a one and 10 record. I don't blame him for that. Well, to be fair, the Panthers have nobody on their team and apparently they hired him to be the head coach. And then he and the general manager and owner immediately had issues because he wanted to draft the guy from Ohio state. I think he didn't want drinks thrown on him. I think that too. Yeah. What's the quarterback from Ohio state? Oh, I just, I, I just heard his name today. And hey, I, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Sam Ellinger. No, <laughs> no, Matt Ryan. But he, like, he, they traded. He wanted McK- him not. He wanted him not. The guy from Alabama, and they had beef, and then they traded the whole damn team away. Anyway, they got nothing. Yeah, this guy's as good as a coach as he was in the Super Bowl. But thank you. I've got DJ Moore, so thank you. For How, that. How'd that work out? The Cowboys kicked the dog shit out of him in the Super Bowl? They did, yes. Okay, just checking. But I did hear that breaking news. I heard that if he gets another head coaching position, he's going to hire Scott Norwood as the special teams coach. Oh, I hate Scott Norwood. <laughs> Such an easy field goal. I don't know if it was easy, but... 
Well, like which one? Because he did it a few times. I mean, well, the Scott Norwood, they got rid of him. They got Steve Christie the next year. Yeah. Should have got Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine him in a uniform? <laughs> <laughs> He'd look worse than Tony Saragusa. He can't wear a suit, and you're expecting him to put on pads and wear a football uniform. Every time he wears a suit and unbuttons his jacket, it looks like he's getting ready to go into his sewer. (laughs) January 18th. Speaking of Congress, even though it was declared a holiday by President Box Score Trivia. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, shit. But today, I'm the greatest of all time. Over the second rafter, off the floor, nothing. Through the window, off the wall, nothing but that. You like that? You like that? I like that. You gotta like that, right? See, I was really going to throw it, uh, change it up today, and I was going to do box score trivia, but it's going to be legislation passed. <laughs> the Senate in like Chris Christie. So, of course, we just talked about Frank Reich in the hapless Buffalo Bills. So, of course, we're doing 1993 NFL League leaders. Timmy, we'll see if you can repeat from last month. Here we go. We're starting with passing touchdown leader. Jim Kelly. And I will warn you, Steve Young. Time, there is a Phoenix Cardinal on this list. Steve Young led the league with 25. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Tim I already Gessler. said Jim Kelly. Did you shut your face? Dan 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 St- both of you stop. Timmy guessed Jim Kelly first. 1-1. One, one. Dave, what was your next one? Dan Marino. That is not what you said, but Dan Marino, oh. no. Steve Young, Dan John Marino. Elway, John Elway, second with twenty-five. Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman, tenth with fifteen. Warren Moon. Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, fourth with twenty-one. Randall Cunningham, no. Brett Favre, Brett Favre, fifth with nineteen. Mark Jeff Rippen, Hostetler. Jeff Hostetler, no. Mark, Mark Rippen. Rippen, no. Boomer Esiason, ninth with fifteen. Bobby Haybear. Third with 24. Jim Everett. No. No. Finally, he missed. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Blake. No. Shit. Stan Humphreys. Good pick. No. John or Joe Montana. John Mooney. No. (laughs) Joe Montana. No. How many we have left? One, two, three, four. We only got six? Six? You got young. We've each got four. You got young Elway, Haybear, Moon, Favre, Kelly, Boomer, Aikman. There's people tied for 10th. I was going to say you just counted seven. There's eight, but there's people tied for 10th. Who's the Lomax? Nope. Bernie Lomax. Nope. Uh, It's Neil, by the way. Dave Craig. No. It's the Giants. 
the Patriots. Phil, Phil Sims. Sims. Phil Sims. Dave I'm going to give it to both of you on that one. I beat that bitch. What? <laughs> New England, Tampa Bay. Uh, Drew Bledsoe. And the Drew Bledsoe tied for 10th with 15. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay, Dave. Come on. Tampa Bay and Phoenix. Jeff George. No. One more guess each. Um, hold on, I'm thinking. Doug Williams. No. Bernie Williams. Here you go. Your final two. They were both tied for six with Jim Kelly. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Craig Erickson with 18. Scott's mm. brother, yeah. And Steve Berline of the Phoenix. Ah, Cardinals. damn it, Steve Berline. Here we go. Next category. Rushing yard leaders. Emmett Smith. Uh, Emmett Smith led the league. Thurman well, Thomas. Led the league. Barry 486. Thurman Thomas third. Barry Sanders fifth. So you got one, three, and five. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, no. Tempe Bucks legend, Reggie Cobb. No. Corey Dillon. No. No. Mm. You might get Ernest one more. Biner. You absolutely should get one more, but I think one more is all you're going to get out of this. No. Uh, Bo Jackson. No. Lorenzo White. No. Uh, the bus. Second, 1,429. Give us some teams. Phoenix. They must have been good here in 93. I know they weren't. Washington. Seattle. The Giants. Ricky the Waters. No, the Patriots. Dave Meggett. No, and the Falcons. Oh, Jamal Williams. No. It's just like 99. Also, oh, that's Jamal Anderson. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Malcolm Jamal Warner. <laughs> Terry Allen. No. Magnum oh. T.A.? Mike Allstott. No. One, no. More, one more guess each. You're, you're not going to get any of these. James Brooks. There's two of them I haven't heard of. No. Rushing yards. 1992. Three. We doing 92 or 93? Three. This was 92 season. 93 season. Bitch, January of 93 to 92 season. Mm. No idea. I don't know. Number 10 of the Phoenix Cardinals, Ronald Moore. Ninth from Washington, Reggie Brooks. Eighth from Seattle, Chris Warren. What War I said, Reggie Brooks. No, me. you did not. Chris Warren was eighth from the Seattle Seahawks. Seventh, Rodney Hampton from the Giants. Ah, Rodney Hampton. Sixth from the Patriots, Leonard Russell. And fourth from the Atlanta Falcons, Eric Pegram had 1,185. <laughs> Eric Pegram. Here we go. Where is the next? Oh, I went too far. Next one. Receiving touchdowns. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice led the league six. Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. No. Don BB. Don BB. No. Sterling Sharp. Tied for fourth with 11. Andre Risen. Tied for second with 15. Art Monk. Nah, he's no. Um, Tim Brown. No. There's a good one. John there. Taylor. No. Carl Pickens. Mark no. Jackson. No. Fuck. 
There's some doozies on here. There's some good ones. Yeah. Uh, there's Flipper Anderson. <laughs> there's Thomas. There's three running backs on this list. I was going to say, Thurman Thomas. No. Um, Emmett Smith. Tied for Michael six. Michael Irvin. Tied with 10. We already, get, we already guessed yes. Michael Irvin. Um, Barry Sanders. Nope. Herschel Walker. No. I think one of these guys is actually a running backs coach for the team he played for back in the day now. Nature on means. No. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I I am curious to know what Natron means is up to these days. Mark Duper. No. Fuck. Oh, there's four running backs on this list. Mark Clayton. No. Mark Jackson. Nope. I already said that. There's a Mark S. There's no Marks. Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen tied for second with 15. It's 11 to 9. Dave's up right now. Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters tied oh for fourth God, with 11. Oh, my for the last one. Still mm. one more running back on this list, but I, I think you guys should try to think of other people. There, there is one tight end. Christian Okoye. Keith Jackson. No. Sterling Sharp. You already guessed already said that. Oh. Timmy, Pete you're down. Metzelars. You're down by one great guess. Love me some Pete Metzelars, but no. Give us teams. Denver, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Philly, the Green bus. Bay. Huh? The bus. No. And Green Bay is the other one. So Denver, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Green Bay. Lorenzo Neal. No. <clears throat> William Floyd. No. Again, I, I would not necessarily focus on the running back part of this. I give uh, up. Although the, there's, yeah, the receivers aren't much better here. It's left. Yeah. The Pittsburgh receivers and. Two Hall of Famers here. Here we go. Tied for ninth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Barry Foster with nine. Who? Yes. Ronald it's Moore. Australian for beer. Ronald Moore from the Phoenix Cardinals. Shannon Sharp from the Denver Broncos. Oh. And for the Minnesota Vikings, Chris Carter with nine. Oh, how do we forget Chris Carter? Six of the Green Bay Packers, Edgar Bennett with 10. And Calvin Williams from Philly. And you got... Wait, no, you didn't get the other running back. Fourth, Ricky Waters. I said Ricky Waters. Yeah, right, well, Tim got it. Okay, so, so I, I win. No, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's 10 to 11. Yeah, I'm still winning, whore. Dave, Dave's winning 10 I, to 11. You just said I didn't get it. No, uh, you did. I when, I when I read it, I go, wait, somebody said this. So I, I, I got it. It's fine. Do, do you want me to go back, go back through and make sure? Yeah. No. Okay. It's not that important. Dave said no. Here we go. Sex night at Dave's house. Uh, January 18th. Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Derek Thomas. No, we're not doing that. That's all I got. Well, let's see. Just for fun. Sacks. Bruce Smith, second. Kevin Reggie Gr- White, tied for fourth. Derek Thomas. No, Derek Thomas. Kevin oh. Green. Tied for seventh. Mongo. James Francis. No to both. Oh. <laughs> Mongo was not around in 90 years. <laughs> no, he, he was. 
In 93? He was playing for Philly during Super Bowl uh, Charles 11. Haley. But remember, he was on LT's team. You have shit on your lip. Get it off. Charles Charles Haley, no. I wasn't planning on doing this. This is fun. Bill Romanowski. Nope. Warren Sapp. Nope. Brett Warren Sapp. No, in 93? What the fuck are we doing? You're an idiot. Well, you allow... This doesn't count, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, already, I already put the points down. Yeah, bitch. What the hell? He picked the category. You pick sex, like, like always. Christian Okoye. No. Christian <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Smith, John Randall, Chris Dolman. Richard oh, John Dent, Randall. Chris Dolman. Richard Dent, Ronaldo Turnbull, Sean Jones, and Simon, Fle- oh, Simon Fletcher and Neil Smith. How'd Simon Fletcher, not London Jones? Fletcher? Simon Fletcher of the Denver Broncos. Oh. How do we forget First. Sean Jones? You always forget Sean Jones. <sighs> so now with the with the bonus category, Dave's up 13 to 11. Woo! You're still down by two. You were down by two before. No, oh, I know. You're down, down by one. one. Yeah. Fuck Get January. better. Get better, loser. Yeah, that's right. January 18th. Let's do home runs, 1988. Why are we going to do 88 and I beat you in it? <laughs> oh, that's right. Conseco McGuire. Boom. There's two more. 1511 now, whore. Eric Davis, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> January 18th. Racist. Doc Gooden. <laughs> Even though it was declared a holiday by President Ronald Reagan in 1983. For Speaking the first, of racism. Oh, dude, it, this is brutal. For the first time ever, all 50 states observed Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This may seem silly. Yes, it is. Don't let yourself think that money doesn't cause the people to come around. We'll get there. Senators Jesse Helms and John Porter East, both senators from North Carolina. Very progressive. Sure. Led an opposition to Martin Luther King. Led an, I'm going to repeat that. Led an opposition to Martin Luther King Day made into a holiday. Being made into a holiday. I forgot a word. And, and you said holiday. Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Helms criticized King's opposition to the Vietnam War. By the way, this Vor? is not, Vor. I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> your, your, your consonants are getting jacked up, I'm, man. I just slobbered on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, TJ when he said Vor. I'm still Vor. so amped up of your guys' enthusiasm <laughs> during Blackboard Trivia. <laughs> anyway, Helms criticized King's opposition to the Vietnam War. Did I mention this is 1983? And then Senator John Porter East filibustered, submitted a 300-page document to the Senate alleging King to be a communist. It should have been John Porter West. New York Senator Daniel Patrick threw his 300-page letter of horseshit on the floor, stomped on it, and called it a packet of filth. In 1983, Reagan signed the day as a holiday after the bill was proposed by Katie Hall, a representative from the great state of Indiana. I think I met her at spring break one time. <laughs> Although the federal holiday honoring King was signed into law in 1983 and took effect three years later, not every U.S. state chose to observe the January holiday at the state level until 1991. When, And this is what I found out about it. New Hampshire legislature created Civil Rights Day and abolished its April fast day of the celebrating women. I like it. In 1999, 1999, 
New Hampshire became the last state to name a holiday after King, which they first celebrated in January 2000. The first nationwide celebration of the day with this name. Are you fucking kidding me? No. 2000. But it wasn't like I was expecting Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, no, New Hampshire. They're the ones that are the most racist. Anyway, on May 2nd, 2000, South Carolina Governor Jim Hodges signed a bill to make King's birthday an official state holiday. Congrats. South Carolina was the last state to recognize the day as a paid holiday for all state employees. Good for you. Before the bill, this is the good part. Before the bill, employees could choose between celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day or one of the three Confederate holidays. Good. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Several additional states have chosen to combine commemorations of King's birthday with with other observances. In Alabama, it's Robert E. Lee slash Martin Luther King Day. Boy. In Arizona, Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Day. I mean, at least those are aligned. In Arkansas, it was known as Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and Robert E. Lee's birthday from 1985 until 2017. Legislation in March of 2017 changed the name of the state holiday to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and moved the commemoration of Lee to October. All right, so I have a question. Was Robert E. Lee's birthday the same birthday as Martin Luther King? I think it was. That's weird. In Idaho, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Idaho Human Rights Day. In in Virginia, it was known as Lee Jackson King Day, combining King's birthday with the established Lee Jackson Day. In 2000, Lee Jackson Day was moved to the Friday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and then Lee Jackson Day was eliminated in 2020. In Wyoming, it's known as Martin Luther King Jr. Wyoming Equality Day. Overall, as of 2019, 45% of employers give employees the day off. The reasons for doing so has varied, ranging from the recent addition of the holiday to its occurrence just two weeks before and after the week of Christmas and New Year's, when many businesses are closed for part or all of it. We real dumb in this country. <laughs> As my friend Nate would say, we're big dumb. Well, I, I was hoping somebody was going to include in the story that I read while I was researching this. Vor is yes. here in 1990. We, we included Vor here in 1993 for the Super Bowl where Buffalo got the doors blown off of them. Arizona was not commemorate, uh, refused to commemorate, uh, make MLK Day a holiday. Yeah, the, the NFL said they weren't going to allow them to have the Super Bowl if they didn't change their stance. And then, ta da, Martin Luther King Day in Arizona. January 27th, one of the biggest icons of not just sports or film or pop culture, but an all-encompassing icon, Andre the Giant, passed away at the age of 46 from congestive heart failure. Just you're talking about O.J. Simpson for a second. If only. Just six years prior, Andre was on top of the world, staring across the ring at the biggest star in professional wrestling in the form of Hulk Hogan, 
in front of one of the biggest crowds ever inside of the Pontiac Silverdome, headlining the most important show ever at the time in the form of WrestleMania three. By that time, Andre's health was already beginning to deteriorate, and one might say this show was a swan song. The ultimate achievement, one of the biggest babyface icons in the history of wrestling, turned heel due to that dastardly manager Bobby the Brain Heenan as they started a journey to end Hulkamania. Andre started wrestling in 1964 at the age of 18, starting in modesty, wrestling in literal barns in France, it didn't take long for promoters from around the world to notice the size and agility of this French giant. Just six years into the business, he gets the call from the International Wrestling Enterprise to start wrestling in Japan. Less than one year after that, Andre gets the call that would change his life from Vincent James McMahon and the WWF. Andre's career in the WWF is what Vincent Company should have done with the big show. Andre was used as a special attraction and not an everyday performer on TV and did not get overexposed in the different territories. It's true. And although Andre had suffered some pinfall losses in his career outside the WWF, it was some 15 odd years until his match with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three, where he was finally pinned clean in the middle of the ring. Being teamed up with Hill manager, Bobby, the brain Heenan was absolutely amazing. And I can only imagine how great this would have been had Andre been younger and in better health. Could you yes. imagine that match if Andre wasn't just damn near crippled? Yeah. If they'd have done it in like 85. Jesus. It wouldn't have had the same. It wouldn't have been ready. Right. WrestleMania 3 was the time to do it. And see, like me, someone my age, Andre was always a heel. Right. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Nope. See, you're old, Timmy. You're old. I know. I know. I saw Andre the Giant wrestle in Olympic Coliseum, 1971. Uh, him in Toronto in a cage match with Kamala was good. Andre is all the proof you need that you don't have to be the champion to actually be over in wrestling. Sort of like The Undertaker. He didn't need the belt to be a top star. True. In 1989, Rusimov was arrested and charged with assault after he attacked a KCRG TV cameraman shooting his match with the Ultimate Warrior at Cedar Rapids, Iowa's Five Season Center. That sounds like a great place. Mm. While acquitted on the assault charge, he was fined $100 (laughs) for criminal mischief and ordered to pay KCRG. $233 in damage to its equipment. All right. Literally, he should have just assaulted the warrior instead. Absolutely. Yes. William Goldman, the author of the novel and screenplay of The Princess Bride, wrote in his nonfiction work, Which Lie Did I Tell? That was the name of the book, Which Lie Did I Tell? Thank you. That Rusimov was one of the gentlest and most generous people he ever knew. I've also heard that about him. Yeah. Whenever Rusimov as long as your name's not Big John Stud or Jake Roberts or Randy Savage or Mm. Bam Bam Bigelow. All right, don't be an asshole. We we've met wrestlers. Don't be an asshole. Mm. Whenever Rusimov ate with someone at a restaurant, he would pay, but he would also insist on paying when he was a guest. So he had money, we know. On one occasion, after Rusimov attended a dinner with 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and Wilt Chamberlain coming back around here. Schwarzenegger had quietly moved to the cashier to pay for Ru- before Rusmoff could, but then found himself being physically lifted, carried from his table and deposited on top of his car by Rusmoff and Chamberlain. Interesting. Uh, that would be fun to watch. Wilt Chamberlain and Andre the Giant carrying Arnold Schwarzenegger. Could you imagine be holding the doors when Andre, Arnold, and Wilt Chamberlain? Like, look at these three giant son bitches walking through the door. What's going Klondike, on? Klondike, checkmate. <laughs> Rusimov has been unofficially crowned, which I'm making it official now. Timmy the is the greatest drunk night. on yeah. earth. Fatty. Maybe right behind Dave. Who knows? For once consuming 119 beers in six hours, you or I combined couldn't do that. that that's, that's that's stand up right there. That's that's just I over wonder, a, case an, a case an hour. I wonder how long he pissed. All right, Dave. New new live show. We're gonna do a marathon six hours and see if between the three of us we can drink 119 beers. Boy, I that's, guarantee you, I guarantee you we can't. That's, that's still 40 a piece. That's 70 a piece. Oh, no. Yeah. 70. 70. <laughs> Math is hard. I'm Math is get, hard. I'll get a 70 free challenge. He drank 4,000 beers. That's 70 a piece. My whole basement's just piss. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never get through it because Tim be peeing the whole time. Dude. <laughs> I wouldn't stop you from drinking. He would just have to be on his phone from the bathroom. <laughs> Like I was last show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Letterman, on Dave Letterman, January 23rd, 1984, Rusimov told Dave Letterman he drank 117, not 119. So take one off for each of us. At least he set the record. Down to 69 apiece. So it's, I mean, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> new, new show. We're each doing a 69. <laughs> I don't like that either. <laughs> I don't want to 69 you on our show. No. Well, no. Sounds, we, we, sounds terrible. We have guest awful. hosts, of course. Ugh. I think it's your turn. Is that my turn? That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioki. Figaro. Figaro, 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 Figaro. That's not Tosca. Ugh, my ears. My neck, my back. Yep, yep, I remember. Everyone remembers when Elvis performed that. I have zero confidence in this week's. Timmy's Trivioki. Love it. Great. You know what? Great intro. My energy's through the roof. I'm sure the listeners are stoked. But it, the listeners will probably get it. I don't trust you fucks. Mm. Song number one. Clue number one. This is a song by American alternative rock group Toad the Wet Sprocket from their third studio album, Fear. I have the song in my head. Their most famous. All I want is to feel this way. Hey, maybe they're close. Feel it close. 
By the way, I I should almost give you guys the points because you at least got a Toad the Wet Sprocket song. (laughs) That's not it? Nope. Clue number two. The song was written after Glenn Phillips and his wife were vacationing on Orcas Island in Washington San Juan Islands after hanging, quote, out at the Dobe Hot Springs with a bunch of hippies. That helped me none. Uh, yeah. Clue number three. The song appears on the soundtrack of the 2013 American film Jobs. The song appears on the soundtrack of the 2014 American film Adult Beginners, which I've seen neither of those. Never seen it. The song appears on the soundtrack of the 2015 American television series Hindsight. Also never seen it. Nope. What are you doing? Ain't seen it. This I'm out. Good this song. song. Obviously, nobody knows this song. We- oh, I love this song too. Never heard it. Walk on the ocean. On I towed the wet sprocket. Damn it. Never. Never heard it. It's a good song. I have it on my phone. You've heard it. Somebody told me. We should probably talk during it so we can. See I don't know the words. On YouTube. I don't know the. Yeah, I know the chorus. I don't know. And again, you picked the part no one knows to play. This is the only part I knew. Everything. And rub it on your butt. Rub it on your butt. Again, Dave and I both get points for getting a Ted to the What's Rocket song. Actually, I'm giving you the point. Fuck Dave. Thank you. All right. Oh, all right, bitch. <laughs> song number two, clue number one. This is a song written and performed by Scottish singer Annie Lennox, included on her debut studio album, like Walking, in, Walking in Broken Glass. DJ gets it! feel very confident you guys this weekend you do that's two no that's what's one and a half you <laughs> had the band the first time two this is the most confident song i had for both of you so this is interesting <laughs> we probably won't get it <laughs> song number three clue number one this is a song written by notorious racist eric clapton and Good. jim gordon who loves batman Originally recorded with their band Derek and the Dominoes as the 13th track from their only studio album. Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Clue number two in 1992, Clapton was invited to play for the, the MTV Unplugged series. Mm, On January 16, 1992, he recorded an acoustic album accompanied by a concert film. At the Bray Studios in Bray, Berkeley. In my father's eyes? 
your eyes, your no. Clue number three: All music critics, even Thomas Erlewine, said that this song seemed to be the unplugged album's hit. He described it as a slow crawl through Derek and the Dominoes version, turning that anguished howl of pain into a cozy shuffle. And the whole album precedes a similar amiable gait. Layla. Dave gets the point. What will you do when you I like mine better. I don't like black people or Jews. That's true, he doesn't. I do love Heather Locklear. I used to have a girlfriend named Layla. She's white with blonde hair. Layla. God got me on my knees, Layla. He's probably one of those people who thinks birds aren't real. By the way, he sued the WWE in 2022 when he found out that Layla was actually black. (laughs) That's not true. That was a good good joke, Timmy. Well done. Good on you. That's good. Yeah, I sing that song all the time. I had a girlfriend named Layla. Gross. Big titty. Big titty. Let's talk about it. Is it clip? Oh, it's time for Dave's face. Have you seen it? You slip her the hot beef injection. Tough month, guys. So Timmy said we got two of them. So one movie, one, one movie. movie. <laughs> Whoa, one movie with an unknown budget. Oh, off to a great start. Our only movie this week grossed nineteen million dollars at the box office. Whew. Judge Dredd. Even with its low grossing box office, the film has gone on to have. Nine direct-to-video sequels. Wow! This movie and the sequels are some of Dave's face. Of course they are. This is an American action film. U.S. Marine Master Gunnery Sergeant Thomas Beckett is teamed up with a rookie as his spotter to take out a politician and a rebel leader in the jungles of Panama. This film stars Tom Berenger and Billy Zane. Oh, I damn it. Is it something weird like the recruit or something like that? No. Okay. Thank you for your sarcasm. One word. One word. I mean, recruits one word. Jungle. War. Lame. Vor. Vor. Master gunnery sergeant teamed up with a spotter. Sniper. Sniper. Timmy C. Come on, man. That was it. He was in the Air Force. He didn't know anything about it. You that. picked one movie and that was it. 
Top Gun. Yeah, and I'm sure you two assholes were surrounded by snipers in the army. Get out of here. The only other guy that I, or only other movie I'd ever heard of and not seen was Leprechaun 2. Oh, you're right. I wouldn't. I mean, I love Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston in it. I've never seen it. Really? You've never seen Leprechaun 2? No, I've never seen Leprechaun 1. Oh, you should. Really? I, I've it's, met Dylan Postle. It, it's a horror. It's a horror movie that's so bad it's good. Does it have boobies? Yes. Not it's an eighties. It's an it's an eighties slasher movie. Of course oh. it does. Days Faves. That was a good one, huh? Sniper. Yeah, great. Sniper, good job. I think and, like Netflix bought the rights to it. They've been pumping out sniper movies like crazy. So we did um, Toad the Wed Sprocket, Annie Lennox, Eric Clapton, Sniper, Sniper, sniper. crushing it. Ninety three. Crushing it and Bill's Cowboys. I mean, winners everywhere. Layla. Bills or not. You know what else was a winner here in 93? Everywhere. Layla. The f- Here's a winner. The first Monday Night Raw, January 11th, 1993, at the Manhattan Center. Was it your announced team? I didn't mean this show specifically, oh, the okay. show as an enterprise. Announcers Vince McMahon, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Rob Bartlett. I love his at, at the end of this episode, it was by far the greatest role ever. Made by Bobby Heenan and at John time. Mooney. That's time. time. Yes. <laughs> I just realized what you it said. It lasted seven episodes before it got worse. Sean Mooney is outside the Manhattan Center talking about the atmosphere before the crowd went inside. Then here comes Bobby Heenan, but Mooney informs the brain that he's been replaced by Rob Bartlett. I don't know why Mooney would know that, but Heenan would not. Heenan goes ballistic. We hit the intro. What was the story behind Heenan not being allowed in the building? I don't know. I think Rob Bartlett was, was for a fact. horrible. I think I think Heenan. I think Heenan was trying to transition to not being on the road anymore. I think is what it was. No, I, I don't know. They wanted to move Bartlett in because it was supposed to be like a New York City show, and Bartlett was a DJ. In New York City. Well, so they so. thought, yeah, he. I'm sure he did. Literally, his oh. first sentence is a botch. Yokozuma. He called him that like diaper. 42 times. Yeah, Yokozuma in his thong diaper. More more on that in a bit. What a, I do miss yes. Rob. It, it's not the first time that's going to happen, and it's not going to just be Rob Barton. Yeah. But <laughs> if you if you also notice, we're going to fast forward a little bit. As we get towards the end of this show, this shows how bad WWF was in 1993. Terrible. Yeah. They're doing every Raw from the Manhattan Center. And Vince McMahon announces there are still tickets available for next week. For next week and the following week. <laughs> that place only holds like hey, three weeks from now, sold out. Yeah. <laughs> there are still tickets available for next week. Dude, you're in a 200 seat. What are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, right, bring well, the ring up in an elevator. I understand what happened because they were all locked outside like Bobby Heenan. Because we go to Sean Mooney and he says what a mob scene it is with 200 people outside. They they just couldn't get in. They were a week early. It was the entire Hart family. By the way, <laughs> there were all 200 of them. <laughs> yeah. I like the one with OnlyFans. Mm. Bobby Heenan trying to get in is the best part of this entire show. It was great. Yeah. And the intro shows a definite departure from anything they were doing beforehand. So, I, I mean, they're trying something different. It's true. Uh, more on this Rob Bartlett thing, because it's just fascinating. We're joined in the building now after the intro and after Heenan 
by McMahon, Macho Man, and Rob Bartlett as they tell us about the card. Bartlett tells us how excited he is to see Yokozuma and his song. Rob Bartlett, perhaps the worst announcer in wrestling history, behind Mike Adamley, and I'm giving him a pass because he had Alzheimer's. Jeff Again, Harvey. It's 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 <laughs> it's he has it's, Alzheimer's. It's downhill from here. Match one. Coco Beware with Owen Hart's future music takes on Yokozuma. This is when Yoko. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is when Yoko was at his peak as he is about to win the Royal Rumble and head on a collision course to take on the WWF champion Bret Hart at Caesar's Palace at WrestleMania 9. If this debut took it's place WrestleMania IX. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. If this debut, if Yokozuna's debut took place today, Bartlett would have been fired before the match was over. Coco does a great job selling here, but this is domination by Yoko. He gets the win with the bonsai drop. I just don't get how anybody would think it's a good idea to bring in somebody that knows nothing about your product to be an announcer. It was obvious that he didn't know shit about any of this. I mean, they brought in that mass fucking AEW. Hmm. Well, he at least can pronounce Tope Susisa. Tope Susisa. Actually, Jim Ross does it better. And also, they, they didn't have a product yet. Jim Ross doesn't know what it is and does it better. But yeah, Bartlett's just Yokozuma all match long. <laughs> Throwing out some nice little racist jabs here and there. A lot of them. <laughs> and Yokozuma just smashed Coco. <laughs> But I think Yokozuma has the best leg drop in the business. (laughs) Yokozuma. All right, you guys laugh at this. We're going to come to a part of this show where someone that is in the business and is his manager keeps calling him Yokozuma. Asian. My Yokozuma. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny. I know. I I wrote all this down, and then I was like, Jesus Christ, you're not helping Mr. (laughs) Fuji. <laughs> By the way, how did we miss this? Coco versus Yoko should have been the title of the show. Can I unrelated? Can I tell you my favorite match in Monday Night Raw history? And this is not a joke. I'm not making this up. What's well, been going on for 20 Do you no years. do you remember when Bastion Bugger feuded with Bam Bam over Luna? So one night on Raw, they had a tag team match, and it was it was the smoking guns. Against those two. So here we go. You ready for this? It was Billy and Bart Gunn against Bam Bam Bigelow and Bastion Booger. There were seven B names in one match. Bart, Billy, Bam Bam, Bigelow, Bastion Booger. Terrible. Bastion Booger. Mm. It's too bad Jericho wasn't around for these geishas because he could have really done some damage. What? See, 93, he was was still cutting promos that didn't say anything. So we're good. Macho trying to be funny with a zipper comment. Not cool. Thank you. You know, I'm going to get in that ring and I'm going to beat you up. Beat you up good. Thank you. Bartlett (laughs) calling them Oriental. Also not cool. There's a lot of racism and sex. Yoko not doing a lot here other than just being run into, which is what he did best. Coco was flying for him in this match. Mm-hmm. I think I think Coco might be dead. And then is. when Vince starts talking, I'm pretty sure he actually signed an NDA for that raw girl. Look at that pretty girl. Yeah, he oof, is bad. I'm going to nuzzle her butt cheeks after the show's <laughs> over. 
Up next, we see a promo video for the Royal Rumble. 1993, WWF was loaded, but the product was hot garbage. Same with uh, WCW. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the title match was Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart. Should have been in a ladder. Now we go to a promo from Bobby Heenan, which Vince did acknowledge was a pre-tape, so they didn't blow the angle with Heenan trying to get into the building. We're setting up the narcissist debut against Mr. Perfect. Has Bruce ever discussed why they gave up on Luger as a heel so soon? No, it was just Vince saw him as the next Hogan. Narcissus could have been great, I think, if they'd have ran with it a little bit longer. They would have got way more miles out of the narcissist than they would have less express. Yeah. Well, you're both wrong. I'm not no, we're not. No. Narcissus. They called him Narcissus. Narcissus. And I was like, what? Well, that's what, what they it? were going what for is at Narcissus? first. Originally, they were gonna. His name was supposed to be Narcissus, and everybody's like, "Bitch, that's Lex Luger." Yeah. So they just went with Narcissus Lex Luger. Yeah. No, they called him the Narcissist Lex yeah. Luger. Well, yeah, but originally he was Narcissus. But they were trying to make him like a mythological figure. Yeah. And they well, said Bobby he's from Heenan, another world. Bobby he Heenan cream him his panties at Royal Rumble '93 over Narcissus was ridiculous. He's, <laughs> He is from another world. Look at the obliques. Jim Crockett promotion. (laughs) Look at that belly button. (laughs) Watch me stick my dick into his belly button. Gross. Match two. The Steiners take on the Executioners. In the 1970s, I I believe a show we've watched before. The executioners were WWF tag team champions. Yeah, it was it was like Big John Studd and Killer Kowalski. Killer Kowalski, yeah. Now at ringside, we see Dork the Clown, as they all call him that until Vince realizes his name's actually Doink. After a rather rather lengthy beatdown, the Steiners get the win. So I had to look up the executioners because I thought for sure Dwayne Gill had to be one. <laughs> and he was. Along with Barry Hardy. Barry Hardy. Yep. Jeff the Steiners, had. the Steiners absolutely destroyed those guys. And but to me, the Steiners never fit in the WWF. No, no, nah, they needed college types. Well, their their style was just completely different from anything they were yeah. doing. So, I was just glad the commentator knew who the wrestlers are. I mean, perfect. And the Executioners may be the longest running tag team in the history of wrestling. They Timmy, have been should, in every promotion. Timmy, I think we should don masks and go join Rocket City Championship Wrestling <laughs> as the Executioners and just get squashed. <laughs> That's all they did. Oh, yeah. yeah like, hey, go get your ass beat. All right, I'm in. I, I don't want to fight the Steiners, though. Thank you. I'm not getting a ring with them. I might take, uh, I'll take on Big Booty Judy. How about what, about, what about Charlie Steiner? Which I did find out, Timmy. Charlie Steiner is still alive. Really? Yes. Last remaining Steiner brother. That's right. I like it. From ESPN? Yes. I didn't know he died. He didn't. See? <laughs> he didn't. We we just <laughs> said that. <laughs> um, so Executioner's longest running tag team in history, but not after this match because Scott Steiner killed both of them. Actually, I, I, I did some research, Dave, also on the Executioners. I believe this was their last televised match. Because Steiner killed them. They debuted in like 1970, and I think this was the last televised match of the Executioners. They were executed. They were executed. <laughs> By Scott Steiner. And then Scott Steiner jammed And his ham cubes. 
then he shoved a Sharpie in his ass. <laughs> Sean Mooney is still outside when Rob Bartlett's aunt is trying to get in. Eventually, Mooney pulls Bobby's wig off, ends the facade. Heenan as a woman is nightmare fuel. I love it. But it, it was, again, it, Bobby was phenomenal in this entire show. Yeah. To oh, be yeah. fair, he had the biggest titties in that crowd, though. 100%. Well, no, the, uh, what you call it, sisters were in the audience. I saw them. They were behind the announced position. Rosati, the, the, girls that, the girls that Tim was in the hot tub sisters, with? Yes. The Mantars? Yes. Mantars? <laughs> the woman Tars. No, the Rosati sisters. They were behind the announced position. I saw them. Timmy in the hot tub with Mantar. That was, I don't know if you guys, when they were doing the Bobby Heat. Why wouldn't Kate Quigley come sit next to me or on me? It was, uh, they were doing the Heenan show and they had the Rosati sisters walk on a bikini. And he's like, don't worry if you smell at home. And if you're at home and you smell bacon, that's just the Rosati twins. Because <laughs> the lights were cooking them. When we come back, Razor Ramon is headed to the ring for an interview with Vince McMahon. It's unbelievable to me that throughout 90, 1992, Scott Hall hadn't performed in WCW since May. And his last pay-per-view match was Halloween Havoc 91 in the infamous Chamber of Horrors cage match. And now, speaking he's of cooking bacon, and I think we've watched that one too. And now he's main eventing Royal Rumble for the title with Bret Hart. Good job, Bill Watts. Threw too many people over the top rope. <sighs> Razor Moan was so ahead of his time. Could you imagine how over he would be these days? Very. He would be the biggest star in the company if he could keep himself clean. Probably literally. Yeah. We should talk to... Al Pacino, because he was at the original Tony Montana. How many people around right now are six six seven two eighty? Not many. Not many. Roman Reigns, Big Bill. Roman Reigns isn't six seven two eighty. Big Bill, he's like six eleven. Yeah, he's seven foot tall. But he's S. You can't. You can't teach that. Can't teach it. Yeah. This is an ugly ass crowd in the Manhattan Center. They they pan the crowd, and I'm like, damn, I don't care how drunk I am. That bitch got a mustache. There's a lot. I was, I was just gonna say a lot of Looney Tunes t-shirts, a lot of mustaches in the audience. <laughs> and they're all on women. <laughs> they look like they look like, they look like they look like Marge Simpson's sisters. They look like Marge Shot sisters. Marge Shot. <laughs> that was good. That was good. They literally couldn't figure out how to turn down the audio from the clip they were showing during Ramon's promo. This, this, this is bad. I mean, and they're they figuring a lot out here. Yeah, they're learning on the fly. It's nice the WWF is feeding Somali pirates with their headlock on hunger. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> they should have uh, fired Kevin Dunn after the show. But no, too bad. He just left. He only made it 30. Literally years. just left. <laughs> Up next is a Tatanka promo, but Bartlett was late with the throw. So he spoke over it and said, I have no idea what he said. Holy fuck, he loves those Somali pirates. Why are you trying to give them all the food? (laughs) (laughs) Match three, Max Moon takes on Shawn Michaels. Moon actually starts this match on top. Maybe they hadn't realized yet this gimmick was shit. This match is for the Intercontinental Championship. Heavens. Now Doink comes back to the ring while Bartlett is doing a Mike Tyson impersonation. Not a good one. His style is superfluous. 
Matt Bourne as Doink could have been great and had some legs. I know. Unfortunately, Bourne is a. <laughs> Unfortunately, I broke Bourne... my back. It's spinal. <laughs> Unfortunately, Bourne. Kids. Bourne is a complete dirtbag, so that ruined Doink. Yeah. He's the only guy in the business that was hated by Jim Duggan. <laughs> Savage is saying that Tyson got a raw deal. Uh, and by, mind you, his deal was for rape. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it was raw, but I don't want to get into that. What are we doing? I got to go to prison. Michaels, <laughs> Michaels gets the win, of course. I got to go to prison before I get a win. I just, I could, again, this whole like, Boy, oh, 1993 was different, huh? They're they're telling like you got a raw deal, Mike. He was convicted of rape, which is funny because like he screwed them in '92, and they had to bring in Buster fucking Wait, Douglas. He didn't screw them; he got knocked out. <laughs> How many other Max Moon matches were there on WWF television? Not Seven. many. Seven. Didn't know the exact number. Viewers are down. A gimmick like Max Moon. Let's spend a lot of money on this shit. That's going to get in the viewers. Michaels eventually gets the advantage and puts away Moon with his suplex finisher that he used prior to the super kick. And that'd be pretty much it for Moon. He had a quick showing in the Royal Rumble and he was out. Yep. Because he was wearing like seatbelts across himself. I wonder if this gimmick would have gotten any more attention if Conan played the character like originally intended. Oh, geez. No. No. Let all me speak th- on this from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> all I thought was Max Moon didn't look very incredible. What does that mean? Wasn't he just incredible? No. It was Paul Diamond. Yeah, it was Paul oh. Diamond from the uh, Orient Express. Stupid. Well, Max's moon doesn't seem to shine very much. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good. Good on you. Good recovery. <laughs> Nobody can ever say they weren't trying to put Max Moon over, though, because he went like 10 minutes with Shawn Michaels. It went a while. Sonny couldn't do it. Mm. Rob Bartlett doing Mike Tyson is fucking stupid, by the way. Worst. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Racism. But remember, (laughs) a few weeks after, because I remember I've gone back and watched these. I'm I'm to like midnight. I'm getting ready to do WrestleMania 11. You're the M. Night Shyamalan debuting on Raw. So, a few weeks after this, Bartlett does an entire show as an Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Are you Whoa. fucking kidding me? No, it's terrible. I mean, it does. It's bad until Doink uh-huh. Doink comes out and buys his face. But that's how the show ends. It's the end of the show. <laughs> I, I need that time code just so I can watch that. Watch the whole show. Actually, guess what? Shook up. We're in January. We can Uh do it again. Now we head over to the studio for Uh a Royal Rumble report with Mean Gene, brought to you by Ica Pro. Announced so far, Michaels versus Janetti for the Intercontinental Title. Michaels, I don't know why I put his name in just that word. It's a pre-tape about Sherry and Sean. Assures us she will be in HBA's corner. Uh, by the way, uh, this is after, what was this, Marty broke the mirror over her head? Was that Yeah, what Sean happened? pulled her in the way. Yeah. Janetti, on the other hand, is going to call the Royal Rumble Marty Janetti Day. I don't think he has the authority to do that. 
Well, it's National Fucker our Daughter Day. Well, apparently New Hampshire would, would celebrate Marty Jannetty Day before Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> that's, so there's that. That's, that's where the entire state of New Hampshire fucks their daughter. <laughs> Participants of the Royal Rebel Matching. Facebook about it. <laughs> but every year my Facebook is just filled with shit I have to read. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Rumble participants include Ric Flair, Tatanka, IRS, Bob Backlund, Jerry the King Lawler, and Mr. Perfect as he cuts a pre-tape. I hate bubbly baby face Mr. Perfect. Yes, yeah, terrible. terrible. It's a drizzle. You can't be ship. perfect and be a good guy. Ted DiBiase is in it. I believe this is his last one. Crush, yep. Rick Martell, and Yokozuma. <laughs> My next sentence, Jesus, Fuji just called him Yokozo- Yokozuma also. Yokozuma. Yokozuma. <laughs> Does anyone in this company know his name? <laughs> and it's a pre-tape, and they didn't redo it. They're like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Rob Barlett caught him there for 15 it's, minutes. It's fine. It's lost in translation. He's Asian. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Savage is in the Rumble. Papa Shango, Earthquake, The Berserker, Undertaker, Tenru, Typhoon, The Head Shrinkers, and Jim Duggan. I should have known I couldn't get out of this shit without an event center because it's still WWE. <laughs> Gotta be careful, Marty Shetty might fuck his daughter here in the Rumble. <laughs> Can you imagine if they announced that? <laughs> We're gonna have also, an incest angle. Also, Marty Janetti got a bonus daughter at the Arco Arena in Sacramento, California. That's what happens when you book him. Jesus. <laughs> That's what happens when you book him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much audio to cut. Kid, what's your gimmick? <sighs> well, I throw a few drop kicks in my bone with my daughter. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, shit. That was good, Timmy. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, <laughs> none of that's getting edited out. By the way, how did the WWF ever let Mean Gene go to WCW? I like boggles my mind. He was the best ever. Yeah, well, they're bleeding money here. My name. No, I don't care. Like. You well, then don't got, pay somebody like I, Rob Bartlett to come. You've in. got a guy calling him Yokozuma. Yeah. To be fair, his own manager is calling Yokozuma. Mr. Fuji. Cut Mr. Fuji and <laughs> give his money to me, Gene. <laughs> Kurt Henning looks like he looks like his dad here because he's got a huge ass neck. He does. He is. He. This is where he started steroiding and whatnot. And like I said, Fuji is calling him Yokozuma. They should have changed his name. They should have just not called him Yokozuna and just be like, it's Yokozuma now. Can you mentioned Bruce Prichard backstage. Fuck it. His name's Yokozuma now. <laughs> He's a tire. <laughs> a Yokohama. Whatever. <laughs> Main event. The Undertaker takes on Damian Demento. Yeah. Let's really appreciate what's going on here. Undertaker debuted 14 months before this show. 
and he's the main event of their live cable show debut. That's saying how much faith they got in that man already. As far as Demento, this was the first, I, I say 14 months, because it's actually like 45, but that's fine. As far as Damien Demento, this was the first of his three Raw appearances, yet he stayed in the show's signature until 1995. <laughs> Good luck. Surprise, Undertaker won. I will give Bartlett one. He had one line. That was great. Damian Demento. This guy looks like he got his hair cut during a power surge. That is good. True. That was good. Everything else, Rob Bartlett. He had yes. one. He had one. He had one. He had, he had an hour. Run. One. He had one hour. He had one. Good job, Rob. Demento he had was, like a half a season. Demento one. was horrible in the ring. It's crazy how as an adult you can see how bad some of these people are, but you're totally blind to it when you're a kid. Yes. Thankfully, this match was less than three minutes. I mean, he was – the Undertaker did his clothesline off the rope, the flying clothesline. Damien Demento was just wrong spot. Just, I mean, it was – At least he didn't, like, drop him onto the floor, I guess. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. But with that being said, two absolute stars to start and end the first ever Raw. Yokozuma gets the win in the opening match. And the Undertaker picks up the victory in the first ever main event. By the way, we've changed his name. Yokozuna. He's no longer Yokozuna. We're just going to go by 93 Raw standard. You know, I, I'm just going to say this now. If we do a show in the near future and Yokozuna's in it, because I'm going to forget between now and then, and somebody calls him Yokozuma to carry the joke on, I will probably pee my chair. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm just guessing this match was Damian Demento's career ender. He made it a couple more months, but not much longer after this. Like I said, he made three raw appearances. He went. He was on. Uh, he was in the Royal Rumble, lasted eleven minutes, and then he was eleven much, minutes. Eleven minutes. Yeah, and then he was pretty much out of. He was off television pretty much all after that, and he made it through the summer before they released him. Can, Bushwhacker Luke got four seconds, and Damian Demento gets <laughs> eleven minutes. Bushwhacker Luke's one that recommended Damian Demento to the WWF. Well, then he deserves four seconds. Never mind. <laughs> Thank you for foisting that shit on us. But uh, he he was in three Raw matches pretty early on. Like, I would say in the first two months. And That's why they gone. couldn't fill the Manhattan Center. Damian Demento. No, there were 200 himself. people outside. They just couldn't get in. Why, why didn't they tag Demento and the Berserker together as a team? Man, that shit show. That, that would have been the name of the team. Welcome to the shit show. Monday night shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you enjoyed this week's shit show, please let us know. Give us that five-star review wherever you get this podcast. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FFPopCast, on Instagram at FilterFreePopCast. Follow our Patreon network at FilterFreeNet. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Timmy C. At Timmy C. 1979. Dollar Bill Dave. At Dave in the HSV. And I am at Stevens 91 Next week, we're going to watch Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. From January 1984. Oh, fuck. It's not on YouTube, though. I'm out of town. Of course. We're going to cover college bowl season night court. Debuts on NBC. I'm in. John Lennon has a passionate single and so much more. This has been the Filter Free Podcast and so long for now. Joke of the week. What happened to the guy who didn't know what to wear to his premature ejaculation society meeting?
Is that a thing? Do you have their phone number? <laughs> he just came in his pants. 